0: Thank
1: you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson. Joining me in our discussion today, A Marriage of Spirit, Flesh, and Bone, is my sister in all things, Hyatt Sylvan.
2: It is a dry eyed house, even though I am about ready to cry tears of excitement because we have been teasing the very special guest that we're going to have. And I just had the thrill of a lifetime meeting this guest for the very first time via the interwebs. Hello and thank you a thousand times, Mr. Michael Elliott, author of Have a Little Faith, the John Hyatt biography. We are so thrilled you're here
0: thank you i don't know what to do with that introduction that's that's very flattering and i'm very honored to be on this podcast and i'm glad you guys invited me
1: i am so proud michael was able to be on set lusting bruce a couple of times he was one of the writers that joined me in one of my top rated episodes of it was a great discussion of what is uh, bruce springsteen's best written song uh that was a fun night wasn't it michael
0: it was a very fun night. It was a very long night, but a very yes, fun Yes, it
1: was. <laughs> it was a very long night. Okay, Michael, I guess you like this Hyatt guy since you wrote a book about him. Tell us a little bit about how you discovered John.
0: He's all right. I think uh, it was in 1987. It was Bring the Family. Actually, it was before that I first heard uh, John when I didn't know it was him. I heard him on a college radio station here in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and it was a song called "Snake Charmer." It was from the White Nights soundtrack. Of course, I didn't know it was a, a soundtrack song. I just heard a song called "Snake Charmer" on the radio, and it was this guy with this very unique voice. But it's very—it it sounded very bluesy. It sounded very Dr. John, and, I, and it it really got my attention because in 1985 I was about I was. 15 and when i heard it i was really into blues i was really into soul and all that and there was not much of that going on, on the radio at that time and so when i heard that voice i thought this sounds like a good soul singer i had, I had no idea he stood out but then i filed it away i, I don't know who it was because the dj didn't say who it was and a couple of years later i don't know i think i'm watching cmt maybe it's a few years like it was it was vh1 or cmt i can't remember which one Maybe it was TNN. I don't even know if CMT was a thing in 1988. I can't remember now. But they were, oh, it was. V, it had to be a VH1, but they were playing Slow Turning, the video. I saw that and I thought that's a really cool song. And so I went looking for it and I couldn't find it at my local record store. So I found Bring the Family because I saw the guy's name. And when I bought it, I said, I'll buy this because I like that song. I'll try it because I saw on the back, it was a cassette and uh, I saw thing, I saw that it was Rai Cooter on it, and I love Ry Cooter. And so I just picked it up, Nick Lowe. I knew these names. So I carried it home, and I was, I've been a fan ever since. And it was a few years later that I finally put it together. I, was, I thought, oh, that's the guy that does Snake Charmer. <laughs> and listening back, I heard it again in the early 90s. That's when I put it together. I said, oh, yeah, that's that song. And I thought, this song sounds terrible compared to the... to what I've gotten used to from it. This organic rock and roll, that was very stilted. It was of its time. Let's put it that way. It was just a very synth, the pounding, plodding beat of Snake Charmer. But yeah, so I've been a fan ever since.
2: Yeah, if I can interject a couple of just the facts, folks. Jesse and I are not going to be talking about Snake Charmer because it was not on an official album until we get through the entire John Hyatt list. But it is a very, of its time, very interesting song that was in a really interesting movie called White Nights. So that was actually one of those songs that I had a really hard time tracking down. But you can often see that movie on various channels now and it's worth watching just for the scene where that song comes up and I, I won't give away the plot more than that but thank you for bringing that up michael
0: no problem and i still i have the i should have fished it out before him but i have the single down here the 45 of snake charmers oh uh,
2: cool yeah. radio
0: promotional item
1: so i i we won't go into in-depth but Michael did join me and we discussed, we did a whole episode talking about the origins of the book and a lot of stories from it. But I do thought, I do want you to give just a little bit about the origins and a little bit about the book. And then Sylvan, please feel free to ask some questions.
0: I started when I decided I I thought about writing a book, 33 and the Third Series, for Bring the Family, because it was just my, one of my favorite albums of all time. And I thought it would be a great story to tell the journey that it took to get him to bring the family and what happened after. And I went about pitching that to 33 and a third. I didn't make the cut. So I thought I'll put all this work into that proposal. Might as well pitch it elsewhere. A couple of other places, the third place I pitched to Chicago Review Press, they wanted it. And they picked it up immediately and blew me away. I thought, okay. So it really shocked me that there was no, they said, we want you to do a full biography of Hyatt because there's never been a a biography of Hyatt, which I was shocked. And he needed one. I think Maya Angelou once said, if you you write the book that you want to read, if you can't find a book about something, then then write about it. So so write it yourself. So that's what I did.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I, Again, thank you. I was so thrilled when I heard that the book was coming because I wanted to read that book and I didn't have the ability to write it. But I had also read your articles about John beforehand, and it was like, oh, this guy gets it. This is going to be good. (laughs) And you absolutely delivered. So I. I could pick your brain for a million years but I know that's not why you're here and I will not hold you hostage I promise but I, I would love it if you could just share a little bit about the moment when you realized that John was aware of the project and knowing what contributions he's he would be willing to make or how much he'd be willing to be interviewed by you.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is in in a, I've read many biographies where the where the subject was not is not in the book like a participant, and they're fine, they're great, and and I have nothing against those. I'm reading one right now that's great, but I just I don't know. I just felt like he should be a part of this, and so I kept. Look tracking him down. I've talked to people in his circle. I talked to people from the outside in moving closer and closer to him. And one morning around 730 or so, I get a a email from his manager, Ken Leviton. And and he said, I hear you're trying to reach my client or writing a book about my client and uh, tell me more. (laughs) And I thought he's writing from Nashville and it's 730 on a Sunday morning. So that means it's 630. He's earning his money. I wrote a heartfelt response back to him about how much he means to me and how much he helped me on my own journey into sobriety. And and so I don't know, I guess it just worked. <laughs> but he really, he, he started talking to me about him and he started putting me in touch with, with uh, some other people. I'd already gotten quite a few folks in his circle. So I think that's what impressed him maybe i i get that i was able to reach out and it, it but but to me it was a testament to john because all these people really want they said saying it's about time someone wrote about him it's something it's about time he had a book about him and so everybody was very willing to participate i i can't think right now of anybody that turned it down maybe one or two that's fine they're not missed <laughs> i think i got everybody that mattered so
2: <laughs> and if I remember, I don't correctly. want to play the game of guessing who is missing yeah. because you're right, absolutely. <laughs> and I know
1: one of the things, though, COVID happened, correct?
0: Yes, that's the funny thing is, I'm reading. I'm currently reading Bill Jonovitz's uh, book of uh, Leon Russell, and I was reading in the acknowledgments or the sources where he was. Say, he, he basically said the same exact thing I said. Is we were both, for lack of a better word, helped. By the fact that the pandemic happened and the fact that it grounded everyone, that nobody could tour. Everybody was uh, just sitting at home, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for something to happen. They were even, maybe some of them were recording, but they were definitely writing, but nobody was touring and they were really wanting something to do. Or just, they were locked down. It was locked down. We had a chance to reach out to these people and they really wanted to talk about about John. And I was very fortunate with that, that I had I could get access to these people and they were to, to these many great names and great legends. And a lot of folks behind the scenes, they were more than willing to, to share their stories about John.
1: I, I think that's amazing. And one of the things I love about the book is I think it's a fair book. I think it, you don't sugarcoat some of the struggles John had. And you also don't overblow like, oh, every album was amazing. I think you are you do a really good job of telling the history and talking about when your mind what works and what doesn't work. And Sylvan and I are always clear when we're doing this that when we rank our songs one to five, will say we've given this a one but if this is your favorite john hyatt song i get it and i if it means something to you and you love it i am thrilled and we wish you would email us and tell us why you love the song because we would love to hear it
2: and it's a one on a scale of john hyatt songs which is starting very high
1: Yes. yes it is absolutely
0: yeah, I've listened to you guys. You've had, you have a very good rating system. I think that's, it's, and that's a very fair point that you, everything is relative. Uh, I remember Roger Ebert one time made a great point of somebody said, how can you give this horror movie four stars, but this Oscar winning movie, in your opinion, one star, how can you compare the two? He said, I'm not comparing the two. In the world of horror, this is a four star movie. In the world of rom-com, this is a one star movie. So every piece of art is relative to its own, own world.
1: Yeah, I think said, well said. Sylvan, any other questions before we move to just the facts?
2: I I just wouldn't forgive myself if I just really thanked you again, Michael, for the entire book, but there was one thing that came a complete surprise to me, and that was the story of John's brother's abuse of John. Mm -hmm. And uh, I literally had to not just put the book down, but walk into another room and let that sink in, but you handled it so well. And I think it is something that's important to be shared, no matter how much time has passed. And I think you shared it in a really sensitive way. And I feel just really deep gratitude to, to, to you and to John for being willing to share that important truth and the way you did it so it has nothing to do with the song we're talking about tonight obviously but we are going to be talking about those songs eventually and just it 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 meant a lot to me and I was able to pick up the book once again I had to pick up the book again to finish it and you just did such a great job with it thank you
0: thank you I'm glad it, it I'm glad it resonated with you that way that's that means a lot
1: yeah, and I, what I love is you are not the first person. In fact, Betsy Hodges and other guests have said that John was a big influence on their journey to sobriety. And I'm sure he would, come on guys, right? Like he would not, but I think that is something that's very wonderful about his music that often when he's writing, Like all great artists, there's a double meaning. But there is a lot of this his journey sobriety and that struggle. Jason Isbell talked about it gets easier, but it's never easy. He said, I wanted to write a book not about the journey to sobriety, but this the struggle of staying sober. And so I think that's I love the way that he layers these songs in these different ways. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sylvan, what song are we talking about?
2: We are talking about Cry Love, which, just the facts, which I will speed through because I want Michael to share more. It is track number one on Walk On, which was released October 24th, 1995. It's actually the first song that we've discussed from that album. The album peaked at number 48 on the Billboard 200. It spent nine weeks there. And the song made it to 99 for one week. So we can say it cracked the 100 perfectly. (laughs) Various lists and so forth show it as the number eight most played John Hyatt song since then in a long view. It was the first album released on Capitol Records, which was after the A&M years. And Capitol really did a huge PR push. I still have some of the, posters and promotional CDs. This is in the days that CDs being passed out was a new thing. They had a fun little thing where you could have John Hyatt wallpaper or or, uh, screensavers on your computer, and they were just pushing. Cry Love was also released as a CD single with the B-sides The Other Side, 21, and Your Love Is My Rest, which is another song from Walk On. The musicians on this uh, song are David Immergluck on mandolin, Davy Fairher on bass, Michael Urbano on drums. Davy and Michael, of course, were on Perfectly Good Guitar and they roped in Dave Emmergluck, which is a great story in Michael's book, Have a Little Faith, wherever fine books are sold. And there are many covers. We created a YouTube playlist of this with over 30 different versions of either John performing it or all sorts of stuff, I think, I'm just going to highlight a couple of my favorites. One was a duet with Michael Sweet, which I believe came from VH1, speaking of. Another was from a band called Bell Star, which featured a great little tap dance breakdown. And of course, our good friend, Jake Thistle has uh, a couple of different versions of this song from when he was a very young man and the now not as young, but still very young man that he is now, I think that's all the, just the facts I want to cover. Michael, can you, you tell us any other facts that come to mind? It's fun
0: to play on the guitar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> that might be where a lot of these covers come from because it's fun. It's just G DCG and it's uh, you're mainly on two chords, but you're having that little fake out in the middle there. But it's, it's a lot of fun and it does a little double time toward the end and it's just it's my wife's favorite song uh, by John Hyatt. We went to see him in Clayton at the Clayton Community Center here in, in, in North Carolina years ago. And we had, I, I don't know if we were married yet, but we were still dating, I think. And he was doing an all acoustic show. It was just him. And he played that song. And I can't remember if it was in the middle of the show or toward the end, but she thought she she left the auditorium. It's the only song she was talking about. And of course, she loved a lot of the other stuff. It was like rain. She was blown away by that, but she really loved the "Cry Love" song. And so, I played her the studio version, the Walk On version, and she said, "Okay." But after I heard him do it all by himself, it's kind of anticlimactic here. And, and, and I was like, "This is the version I I know." But it's it is it shows, and with all these covers, which Sylvan, I'm surprised. I, I did not know it was that many. That's amazing. Thirty covers. That it, it was surprising to see how many people have covered this, but. It just shows how strong the song is and how open it is to other people's spin. And I love that Bell Star version, too. I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, the version with the tap dancing, I had the playlist going in the background. And so I kept, what's knocking? (laughs) Like, it's (laughs) knocking in my office. So, yeah, that's great yeah okay we're going to be back in just a moment we're going to break down the song we're going to talk about the lyrics and before we're out of here we're going to have michael try to sell a book or two so we'll be back in just a moment
3: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds
1: And we're back. All right.
2: If we- anyone who listens to this podcast hasn't already bought Michael Elliott's book, shame on you. Pause right now. <laughs> go to the Amazon. Go to wherever you need to go. Uh, yes.
0: Uh, I'm an old radio guy, so I was waiting for the commercial to start, and I was hoping it would be "Have a little faith." Available at all.
1: Books. <laughs> yeah. We should work that. We should work on that. We should do. Uh, yeah, we should do that as a break. That would be awesome. Um. All right. So, Sylvan, you want to start us off with lyrics?
4: Yes.
2: A moment of steel, a dried-eyed house. Did he say goodbye to you or did you kick him out? I know you're not afraid to go alone, but this was a marriage of spirit, flesh, and bone. I remember being very struck by this, that this is a story that John is going to grab our attention with. And it's one of the few that, He's not already talking in the first person when he's telling a story. So I I remember being very hooked by this opening and they're great metaphors. A moment of steel, like hard as steel and caught and immobile is what I get out of that. And these questions of this relationship that's ended, how and why did it end? It's just all very intriguing.
0: Yeah, I think what grabs me about this opening verse here is the the dry eyed house because, from my interpretation, is the the fact that the love is gone in this house because there's dry eyes. There's no more crying over a love that's that's no longer. They're just giving up. One one of the other or both have given up on this, and so they're, they've just moved on in their mind, in their heart, and they're just biding time. That's the way. That's the way I took it.
2: Yeah, and it's almost even more sad that. The tears are gone. There's just no room for them anymore, Jesse. And, and I as do my,
0: go ahead. As my wife loves to say, the opposite of love is not hate; it's uh, indifference. Yes, I think that's what a lot of that is right there.
2: Also, a line from another great song that John Hyatt didn't happen to write. Yeah, very good. Yes,
1: and I agree with you both. But I love this—a moment of steel. Right? He is. It is a very uh, wake up. This, I'm, as you talked about, Sylvan, I'm getting your attention right away. And this, the idea, did he say goodbye to you or did you kick him out? I know you're not afraid to go alone. We do have that question, right? Did, no, I didn't break up with you. You didn't break up with me. I broke up with you. And I love that idea. And you're not afraid to go alone. We, i too many people as we overanalyze are afraid sometimes a better a bad relationship is better than no relationship at all and i love that he's saying that i know you're not afraid to go alone but this was a marriage of not just convenience right spiritually flesh and bone says this was all in we were all in together
2: it's also which a makes- great line yeah, yeah yes.
0: and which makes it even more heartbreaking when it doesn't work out a marriage of convenience. If it doesn't work out a marriage of spirit, flesh, and bone, that's they put everything they had into it and it still didn't work.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, you want me to go next? Yes. All right. Once again, I pulled them straight from the website. Now what you going to do when the planet shifts, what you going to do going to slit your wrists bleed all over the Milky way. The stars in your eyes look red today. I love his phrasing on this. The, what are you going to do? What you going to do? And I, a little bit thinking of the Sopranos, right? When Tony's mom dies and everyone's, oh, we're so sorry. What are you going to do? He just, what are you going to do? This was, what are you going to do? Going to slit your wrists and then blood all over the Milky Way. What an image.
2: Yeah, because it. it I think he needed that, absolute absurd, infinite kind of image to pull it back from being almost morbid. How can it not be morbid with talking about slitting your wrist, but it's just to bring it out into the atmosphere rather than that reality is to actually remove them from that kind of dangerous situation of doing something stupid.
0: Right, yeah, is is exaggerating the image. It's almost—I know it's a whole different thing, but it's almost like you're taking it to the extreme. Um, I stub my toe. What do you need—amputation or something? Something my dad might have said or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. You are from to-
2: the south, aren't you, Michael? Yes, That's right. That's right. My my
1: yeah. dad would—is the table okay? If you knocked the table, he would ask, her, "Is the table okay?" <laughs> when the planet shifts, right? Stop the world. Make the world go away because I'm in love, I love the idea of this is, there is a shift in your core belief. When the planet shifts, you you were on firm ground, you were in love, you talked about, right? Spirit, flesh, and bone. And all of a sudden now, your core beliefs, your foundation has shifted. That is, how often do you hear, he's my world, or she's my world, and now then, it's not there anymore. Um, beautiful thought and asking the question, right? What are you going to do now that this has changed, now that the world's going to change? Any other thoughts, Sylvan, Mike? Okay. Mike, do you have the lyrics in front of you? You want to read the chorus?
0: Uh, yeah. Cry love, the tears of an angel, the tears of a dove, spilling all over your heart from above, cry love.
2: It, it it's like the best songs that it's so simple that if you do just read it like that you're like hmm wait is that all there is or am i forgetting that that it was that simple but like when it's with all that beautiful musical instrumentation in the background and John's vocal performance and it's just yeah this soaring invitation uh, with those images of angels and doves and wings and skies and everything like that uh it, it's catchy and it's emotionally powerful I I love that combination
0: go ahead Michael yeah I, I yeah. no she's
1: she's right she yeah um. <laughs> you know what I think in a lot of ways the mandolin is the MVP I think that the sound of that helps sell the song. If you didn't have that, I don't know if it would work as well. It is. I love the way it's working on that.
2: I agree with you, except we hear all these other cover versions, and it does work. Yes, but yes, it is funny. Just I had some radio interviews that I taped, and they were teasing David Emmerglock about like how he was a last minute addition again read michael elliott's book he covers this wonderfully and they were just teasing him about oh we we could have just done it without you it didn't matter or whatever and then john's yeah but then he came along and he just filled the whole album up with this sound (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah he, he definitely was the accessory man he had every instrument everything with a string he could play and he added a lot of color on, on walk on I, I would venture to say it wouldn't be out of line i don't think if they had named the album hyatt Emmergluck. he was like the yeah I mean, the musical guy for that the arranging and all a funny little thing that i didn't get a chance to put in the book that I just thought about. When I talked with him, it was a wonderful interview. He just had story after story, and I just couldn't fit it all in. But one, he said when he got to when he got to Nashville, we got to Franklin. He lived outside of the area, and it's when he had the ranch and all that stuff. But he had gone to this music shop. <clears throat> he and the producer, Smith, went to the his guitar shop in town, and he said, and this old guy that worked in a guitar shop, I can't remember his name right at the second. I know I hate myself for that, but I don't think he's in, in, no longer with us. But he said, uh, so we're recording and he saw people recording all the time, you know, where it is. yeah." He said, well, yeah. he said, who you working with? And he said, John Hyatt. He said, Hyatt. He said, he's a, he's a good boy. He said, he's a good guy. He said, I just. He must hate Nashville though because he never uses our players. Cause and he was talking about the fact that Emmergluck came from out west. And he said, Who are you? He said, David Emmergluck. You're like, okay. He said, Well, he never uses our own boys here.
2: Oh man. <laughs> oh, that's a great. So, I love that. That yeah. is a lovely story. Yeah. Yeah. How
0: yeah. do you respond to that? You're like, okay, thanks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Yeah
1: i also you mentioned a little bit sylvan by the tears of an angel the tears of a dove are such solid imagery of and once again the emblem that often jason isbel and both him and his wife had tattooed is a dove pulling an anchor Mm -hmm. uh, in that so the idea of this dove this bird of peace and an angel both crying, gives you this very imagery and spilling all over your heart from above, right? That despite what you say about better to love and lost than never loved at all, he is talking about this is painful and this is not where we're going, right? What do we go next? I absolutely adore the instrumental break. I think one of the things that the more we study John, and the more we go through songs, I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot, because as we list this song, this little instrumental interlude helps to sell the mood, help the like what the story that he's telling, as it should be right. As a musician, he uses all his tools, his voice, his lyric, the instruments, and I, I just really think that's cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right, you wanna go next? Next my lyrics? turn again. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. The trust of a woman in his hand, but he was a little boy, not a man. You loved him stronger than he could feel, but he was wrapped up in himself like an orange peel. Again, great metaphors, great images, and I love the idea that this narrator is talking to someone, not necessarily in a way of she loves the jerk. He's trying to win her over or romance her into his own life, but just as a sympathetic friend. And that way of saying that he was a little boy, not a man, and you're a woman, and you deserve better. You deserve a grown up, mature love, not this kind of games or whatever the hurt that he's giving you. And I, what better way to describe selfishness than wrapped up in oneself like an orange peel?
1: Yeah, I, I can't help but once again, take a drink, right? Springsteen's promised land, the dogs on Miles Main Street howl because they understand if you could take one moment into my hand, Mr. I ain't a boy, no, I'm a man and I believe in a promised land. How often do you hear this, you're just a little boy. You aren't ready for the obligations of being an adult, not even necessarily a man, right? But to be an adult, to be someone in our earlier episode that we talked about, we quoted if I should fall behind, Michael, right? The talk about love and how you have to fight for this and work it. And I think that's a beautifully said that you- you're, he's not. Oh no, it's okay. I think truly just saying, "Hey, you, this is someone that wasn't carrying their end of the load," mm-hmm. and and I also don't get the feeling he's judging. Like he may not say, "Oh, good thing you kicked him out." What they're saying is, since you did this, I just want you to know that it was. You loved him stronger than he can feel. Um, I've been lucky enough to have been married since 1984. And Linda and I talk all the time. It's never 50-50. It's sometimes 90-10. It's sometimes 70-30. It just, and you hope over the years, it averages out to halfway. But it's never that way all the time because when I'm feeling weak, she has to be strong. And when she's feeling weak, I have to be strong. And in this case, he was a little boy, not a man.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Yeah. This, I know when I talked to him about he, when he was first married, the thing that, that struck me with John in the seventies was talking to him now about it. It's astonishing to me. (laughs) It's, he did not, he lived with a woman for a year and didn't remember her last name. He he actually forgot he was married the first time until I brought it up. He was like, oh God, I forgot, completely forgot about it. And he felt terrible about it. And I think when I read this now that you, the best way to talk about, the best way to have empathy is is sometimes to put yourself in that person's position, but also to have been in that position. And I think this verse here, I think he was probably talking about rem- remembering himself in that time because he even says so much. He even said so much to me. He said he was not ready for marriage. He was not ready to be a man. He was had a case of arrested development in a way because of the way he was brought up and the way he shut himself down, shut himself off after what happened with Michael. And I think this is him coming to terms by seeing some or putting himself in the position of someone else. So yeah, Jesse, I don't think he was judging so much as he was probably empathizing with that man because he knew how, what it's like to be that little boy that wrapped up in himself and not thinking about the person in your life that you devoted your life to. Sometimes, and you're right, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes you're wrapped up in yourself. No, nobody's perfect. We all... I, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes I'm just so self-focused that I can't think of the person more that I've devoted my life to. She has needs as well. And, and so we're there for each other when we when the other one falls behind. So we are picking each other up. So I think, but in this, in the context of this song, unfortunately it just couldn't work out. And, he, and, and she couldn't, she can't be with a little boy. She doesn't want to be a mother to... Him. She wants to be a partner to him. She wants him to pull his weight. She wants him to be a man. And she, if she wanted a child, she'd have a child, but she's not looking for that in a romantic partner. So I think that's what that's about.
1: I totally agree. Sylvan, thoughts?
2: I don't really have anything to add because that was all very well put. And yeah, thank you for reminding us of of that biological fact, Michael. I I know I always get a little crazy when people talk about John's first wife committing suicide. It was his second wife that committed suicide. And of course, now his third wife is the source of so many beautiful love songs. But
1: so now what you're going to do, we're back to that with the booze and the blush. What you going to do when there's no rush? cop a little misery at the corner store one day that train of pain won't stop no more a lot there
2: yeah a lot that you can take different ways which i always really love in poetry and i do think this is one of john's songs that can be described as poetry i i The one that always gets me is what are you going to do when there's no rush, especially when we're in bad relationships, whether it's with a romantic partner, a job, food, even that you're just like going through the motions and you're hurrying. And all of a sudden, what are you going to do when there's no rush? What are you going to do when you have to stop and actually look at your life and consider? And yeah, the train image also, to me, talks about that momentum and having to just be along for the ride versus being in control and driving your own destiny rather than being pulled down the track.
0: And it could be a warning as well with the mm-hmm. with the, a little misery of the corner throwing it the train of pain won't stop no more. And unfortunately, that's what happened with his second wife, too. And that it could be a, a, a thought about that. It could be the ultimate. Um, stop. The, the permanent solution to a temporary uh, issue, it's a problem, but that's that, that could that's what I take from that. It's a warning that w- what are you going to do if you cop a little misery at the corner store? If you, I'm taking that to be, I don't know, get a prescription drugs or or whatever you name your poison. But if you get too addicted to it, it you build up a tolerance for it because you need to tamp down that pain, and one day it just it will overtake you. And this also. Reminds me of another one that y'all will probably get to a later. I'm sure you will. It's almost like old habits where he's warning the uh, warning the lady in the song that his the partner is not good for her in, in, an, in a very explicit way. And I love the line in there where it says every time he makes love to you, he's a little bit more unkind until it seems like every move you make is in self-defense. It's, that's not where this is going, but in a way, it's got that same attitude in a way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just a relationship that not only isn't making anybody happy, but is almost actively making each other miserable and hurting each other. Yeah.
1: One of the things I wanted to address, Sylvan, is your thought about what are you going to do when there's no rush? You think of the people that empty nesters. They've been busy, their career, raising the kids, and all of a sudden you've got no kids in the house and you don't got to rush to baseball. You don't have to rush to ballet class. You don't have to rush wherever you're going. And all now of a sudden, you you
0: have you, each other to yeah, uh, and, and you
1: look at each other and go, what now? And I, I've told the story multiple times, but back in 2012, when Linda and I drove up to Cleveland for our bourbons and Bruce tour, we realized we still liked being in the car together. Like we like- still could we still each other and we could go from talking constantly to just sitting in quiet silence, listening to music. And there are plenty of couples that when you stop that rush, when you slow down, you realize we still have nothing in common. We, I don't even know if I like you anymore. <laughs> and so I think that's such a wonderful, and our, the booze and the blush is such a wonderful kind of combination
0: of this. Great alliteration um, you know, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, I have to interject and be really cheesy, but I don't care. In that situation now, we're empty nesters now for the first time in the last year. Our youngest is—he's home right now, but he's going off to Appalachian State for his second, for his sophomore year. And but we still love each other's company. Same thing, Jesse, and we still enjoy each other's company and time, and we still make each other laugh and. Here she comes right now. She's coming in the door, so maybe she hi. can
4: help. Elizabeth
0: a cameo on this podcast. Hey,
1: hi. <laughs> hi, nice Thank to meet you. you. Thanks for letting us borrow them.
2: Yes, <laughs> and another lovely personality on Facebook. So yes. one of those people putting out the positive into the world. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we I'm so excited
4: to hear that. What's the topic on this episode?
0: Cry love. I, I've already told him it's your favorite. Thing.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh it's so interesting when i heard that laugh. it's one of those things that made me just um it's embarrassing to admit but i cried
2: i think that's not <laughs> embarrassing at all yeah no
4: it was really beautiful and it was that first moment that i embraced that i understood What's the right way to put this it was just refreshing to hear songs about grown-up real. Mm. I have a real, at that point, I'd been divorced. Life had happened. And I'm not a big fan of, I'm going to rip the moon kind of love songs. Cause that's, <laughs> I need to hear a love song about your credit rating or absolutely <laughs> pick up the socks. And I wanted to hear some real love songs. And I think John Hyatt's writing has this amazing ability to balance. The super romantic and the realistic, all at the same time, and that song really, obviously, speaking to somebody who had been through my experience, it just—I couldn't help it.
0: I'm going to let her just do the rest of the show. It was her
4: song. <laughs> <laughs> Did come and do another song with us. Yeah, yeah. Boys <laughs> was just, but had that perfect scratch, and it was, it. I, I could feel he was feeling it that night. It was very special, and that yeah. was the first. That was the moment when Hiya really hooked me. So.
1: I I, I ask love that. that. Yeah, I love that story so much, and it's true. Yeah. We talk a lot about he writes adult love songs.
4: Totally, uh, right. but with that it, it reflect nice spoils. Just ignore those. Reflect a very that, that reflect the reality of love, and the reality of love is not lovely, it's not romantic, it's not soft focus. But to be able to find the connection back to that level of passion, or I think it's called. I heard on some um social media psychology stuff that I try not to follow, but I can't help it. Why don't you it someone called it maybe it was Esther Perel, called it limerence, that brand ah,
2: sort of yeah.
4: new obsession type of love mm-hmm. that that's that new stuff.
2: relationship. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, it just totally throws your chemistry off, that kind of love, that, that dopamine rush, that drug addict, that crush kind of love. What you
0: gonna do when there's no rush? See, that's, there you yeah, go. Exactly. that's what he was talking about.
4: But it's yeah. interesting. It's, um, it's that I think there's something in love when you've been there for a while that mm-hmm. you still get a whiff of that. You get a little thread of that, a little cloud of that. And a lot of his, lo- a lot of his love songs, Kind of have the, they are rare in that they can reflect the reality of love in that essence of limerence, that memory of limerence, that reference to that new love, that passion that drew you together all at the same all the same moment, and that's a beautiful moment in marriage that we all hope we can get back to. And his songs capture that. I think it's pretty magical.
1: Yeah, I not to make light of it, but right, don't send me a dozen flowers. How about load? How about photo load of laundry?
4: <laughs> totally a laundry stop go you make the grocery do all the emotional links of doing the grocery instead of me just putting out the tasks for you be that real equal partner that we were not socialized to be but i think that it's really magic when we can come to that understanding
0: we we have a rapper a rap artist in north carolina named jay cole he's uh, world famous now but he yeah. puts on a festival every year called dreamville right here in Dreamfest, raleigh yeah. dream festival yeah. yeah. and uh, at dick's park in, in raleigh but he has a song called i'll fold your clothes for you and
4: mike nice. did it one day i'm like that's the most romantic song you've ever <laughs> <laughs> i now
1: want you are welcome anytime solo but i do Absolutely. think now that michael and you are a duo now the next song we pick i anytime we love to have you this,
0: so good. this is why I dedicated the book to her. So oh, yeah, God. absolutely. Yeah, yes. it was a lovely is,
2: dedication. It yes. was
0: absolutely. Yeah.
2: Nice to meet you
4: both. Nice to meet nice you to both.
1: Meet you. Thank you.
4: And I hope I can see you in real person at some point. Oh, Bye.
1: yes, absolutely. We happen. we want that so bad.
2: I would we love that. Thinking about when this all wraps up, Hyatt's homestead that was on the cover of Walk On is now an Airbnb. So we talked about celebrating <laughs> by booking some rooms at the farm in And then Franklin, just Tennessee. have a huge so,
1: just get yes. together.
4: Yeah.
2: I so, think we should all do it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we're in. That sounds GM great. See you in 2028. 20, yeah.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Right. I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to rent stays before my hair falls <laughs> out. All right. Thank you.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, that was perfect. I feel like now we should just give our ratings and move
2: on. That was great. Where we, are we used to at? do
0: the show together on the radio. Very
2: oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Are those archived anywhere?
0: Maybe it wasn't. We didn't. She was actually the midday person. I was the afternoon person. Oh, the okay. Show. gotcha. But when we would, when we would change yeah, shifts, and the... everybody seemed to like it, so oh, they, liked, nice. they liked it so much. I married her.
1: <laughs> there
2: you go. Nice. That's nice. great and uh, one of those entertainment chemistry that actually did work out and when you got together the chemistry just got stronger rather than the Sam and Diane kind of thing. We, yeah.
0: we lasted longer than Sophia Vergara and what's his name the her husband. <laughs> they got yeah. together the they they married the same year we did so we're like, "Oh, ah. <laughs> ah, nice."
1: Good. Are throwing up ashes on the floor is that where we're at? Yes. Okay. Good. Throwing up ashes on the floor, if this is a lesson in love, what's in it, what's it for? The heart will remember the burning fire the next time you feel the flame of desire. The music lowers during this Mm -hmm. final verse. You know how when you whisper, the listener has to move a little bit closer, right? So thoughts on this one, Sylvan
2: or Um, Michael? It, it should be dark and sad and disturbing, but it's somehow not because it's also true that we get our hearts broken and we cry love once again. We, we go all in because that chemistry and that all that we were just talking about when it moves over you, unfortunately, sometimes it's not going to last, uh, decades. But when you're in that rush of first love, when you feel that flame of desire, you are 100% believing that it's going to last no matter what the circumstances. The odds are not in your favor, but you always remember that endorphin feeling and you keep on going for it again.
0: And Jesse, this verse is, all this verse is saying is basically, I'm going to pull your Part now and say, take a drink because this is Springsteen's. It takes a leap of faith to get things going. It's you got to show some guts because the heart won't remember the burning fire the next time you feel the flame of desire. The whole point is to feel the flame of desire. Take a chance. You might have it might burn you, but it might be, it might be hot in a good way. And that's what we do it for.
1: Yeah, because there are plenty of stories where a second or third relationship marriage is the one it yeah. clicks I can you tell know.
0: You that from personal
1: experience and so I think you're right throwing up ashes on the floor if this is a lesson in love what's it for and I the heart they talk about that if women had the first baby and men had the second baby, there'd be no more babies, right? Because you tend to forget the pain of childbirth, what they tell me. I don't know. But I do think you you go into this optimistic. You and you have to. That's the only way this new relationship is going to work, whether it's a love relationship, a business relationship, a friendship, is you if you go in guarded. Holding your cards to your vest. I understand tipping your toe in the water, but sooner or later, to mix our metaphors, you got to jump in. You've got to give it all or else it's not going to work at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and
2: you guys took it in a really hopeful way of that's how you get love. And I, I always hear that verse as you're just going to break your heart again, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's a little bit of well, the, the glass is either half empty or half full. And I guess yeah. I know how I see my glasses. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I, I love the, the cry love ending, right? He just mm-hmm. over is such a strong ending to the song. I
0: think yeah. that's the, the point of it is the way it double times. Cause it's a hopeful thing. It's, it's excitement. That's that. Uh, I think it starts with darkness, but it ends with excitement and light and a new love again. That's the way I take it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that intense musical is saying that my, my hope is rising. My, the thought that this is that I can, I'm going to try to love again as we keep quoting lyrics, but it, I do think that's what it is. Yeah. And you're right. That's... It may not work, but it might.
2: And that's the one part of the song that I think really does need the full band version. As I said, we have so many different versions of John doing it solo or other things. Somehow that alchemy that was created in the three piece, four piece, whatever it is, it really just transcends the sum of its parts in the ending of this song. And I love a solo version, but I do think that this is a song that, the solo versions are never going to be quite as good as a full band version, no matter what the band.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I, I'm curious, you mentioned already, Michael, that this is a fun song to play. Do you think that may be one of the reasons why there's so many covers or because it's a well-known John Hyatt song and it's fun to play and it has a little bit of fun in lyrics that they enjoy? What would be your theory on because we often wonder, why aren't there covers on this song? And then others, gosh, why are there this many covers of that song?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's all of the above. I think it's the point that it's simple relatively to play and it's easy, but it's also fun. And it's uh, great lyrics, a great arrangement, and uh, a wonderful chorus, a very catchy chorus. I wish it had been like all of Hyatt's stuff. I wish they it had been bigger, but... It didn't go. It didn't become a a thing called love, but still, it with a whole bunch of covers. Now, interestingly, not to downplay any of the covers, but Bonnie Raitt did not cover it. A, A a a superstar didn't cover it, but enough people did to legitimize the fact. Not that it needed it, but it's it's definitely proves its worth by by the amount of covers that it had. And yet it's a very majestic chorus. It's very simple with the fact that it's just cry love, cry love. And it's easy to sing. It's and it's those are the best songs, I think, that mm-hmm. are simple and easy to remember.
2: Yeah. And memories are coming back to me of hearing it in concert and just having the whole audience mm-hmm. screaming out that chorus and applauding and the Rafters of a venue absolutely shaking with this music, so it's a it's, showstopper. It's
0: a big arena chorus. I could
2: hear—don't
0: laugh, but I can hear Bon Jovi doing it. It's just—it's right. uh, just that whole uh, "Whoa, living on a prayer" type of chorus. And I know I'm probably going to have people going, "Oh my God, I don't want to hear that," but it's—it's—I can hear it.
2: <laughs> he did have a little faith. That's right. That's Everyone right. and their brother did that song. So. <laughs> that
1: yeah. Yeah. I now want to hear i'm with her do this version
2: right oh, nice again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh,
1: yeah uh that would be fun any other thoughts before we go to ratings
2: i would love to talk with michael all, all night but we're going to respect your time with <laughs> yes. your
1: lovely bride yes, yes. All right. thank you but michael did say he's going to come back yes so that's be great absolutely all right guest first so, Michael, on a scale one to five, the John Hyatt
2: scale, what yes, are you going to give it? you said, you've heard a couple, so I won't give you the spiel about what's a five star, what's a one star.
0: I think I'm going to go my personal opinion. Of course, that's all you can go by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I'm going to give this one a solid four. No, I'll tell you what. I'll give it a five. I'm going to give this a five because
1: with your wife, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know,
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, But the more I think about it is that is, this is one, the reason I give it a five is because this is one I go, it's a go-to all the time. And it's never a skip. It's never, as much as I love him, he does have some that's okay. I'm not in the mood for that right now. Not always in the mood for For some of the stuff, I'm not always in the mood of take off your uniform. <laughs> yeah, But, but yeah. this one, whenever it comes on, it just makes me smile. That that damn mandolin just makes me smile. And it makes me want to listen to the whole thing. And I do. So I, I don't ever skip it. So it's a fiber.
1: Yeah, I listened to all the covers and never got bored. We love it. There you go. All right, Sylvan, you're next. Wait, you didn't mean to rate, or are you no, saying I, mean, I rate first? You rate first this time. I rated first last time.
2: All right. I'm going to earn my reputation as the big meanie because I'm going to go four. You made a very compelling case, Michael, and I think if I had a lovely bride of my own to convince me to give it that extra bonus point I would but for me it's just it's a great song it's singable you don't skip it I listened to 30 versions of it all day today and even a couple of days in advance was that I was making that list but I don't finish listening to cry love and think I am now a different person or I have gotten something out of this song that I needed to bring my life forward which is what is makes the difference between a four song and a five star song for me. So very solid four. That is a very good point. That's a very yeah, good point.
0: That
1: is a very good point. I am going to split the difference and be the heretic. Cheat. Yeah, cheat. I'm going to give it a four point five. I just truly work of you. Yeah, I just truly. I think this is a wonderful song, and I love it even more after talking about it. When we do this really well. You would think that after listening to it all day, okay, I put that a song for a while, but often when we have this discussion, I really can't wait to listen to it again with the fresh insight that I've gotten from either Sylvan or like yourself, Michael. So yeah, I'm going to put it a four and a half and just because there, I got to keep the halves in every once in a while, just as my way of
0: picking on Sylvan <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with the five because and, and i take the mandolin is so happy oh it's and, so great yes and, and, and that's coming from a guy who just saw sam bush last week and billy strings this week i've heard a lot of damn mandolin <laughs> but, but it's still that proves how good it is it's just i still love it
1: all right so michael talk to us about the book where can people find it and how can they reach you if they want to contact you
0: well, thank you for the opportunity. It's Have a Little Faith, the John Hyatt story. It's available wherever books are sold. It's your favorite bookshop. And I hope you support your local bookshop. If they don't have it on their shelves, just ask for it, order it. And uh, a lot of times these places will have just one to five day turnarounds. If they don't have it in stock already, they could have it in their warehouse. and to also- buy two. Yeah. That's
2: As right. a bookseller, yes.
0: It, they're they're in hardcover they're in uh paperback whichever way you want to go they're uh, also available as a, a ebook you can read it on uh whatever e device you have and an audiobook i did the the introduction on the audiobook and uh the tantra media people had they, they did the rest of it so it's uh oh i'm i don't want to say his name because i'm going to mess it up but he did a great job narrating okay <laughs> it, i feel terrible but it's um I'm very proud of it and so you can get it in any of those places or you can just log on to my website it's michael com, and that's michael spelled the traditional way don't forget the dash and then e l i o t two l's two t's dot .com and I got all links on where you can get it and all of types stuff even your, you can even put in your own zip code on one of the links and you Indie Hound, and you can get it at, at whatever bookstore you that lives next that you're closest to.
1: That is awesome, and from there, also you can find the other works. Michael continues to write for different websites and publications, and I always enjoy reading your uh, latest thoughts. And uh, thank on you for a, that. Uh,
0: thank you. I'm working on a piece right now about uh, the Nancy Griffith uh, reissues coming out, so that'll awesome. be. Yeah. That sounds
1: great. and sylvan how about you
2: they can find me on facebook at the john hyatt fan page also the perfectly good podcast page i am sylvan green eyes on twitter and sylvan groth there's only one of me i think
1: yeah i am at jesse jackson dfw on twitter you can find me on facebook as well if you're interested, you can do a search, set Lusting Bruce, Michael Elliott. And he has been on the podcast multiple times. We talked about the book. We talked about we broke down John Hyatt's perfectly good guitar, I think was the album we broke down. And check that. He will be back here sometime. And hopefully his lovely bride will join us as well.
0: Cause Absolutely. that was a, Great. that was a treat. Oh, yeah, I, I will. Uh, I'll talk to her about it. I'd love to have her on, and uh, maybe she'll even be on without me. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> either way. She's welcome anytime. Yeah. That's great. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be on before Zero House. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, there we go. Thank you. Sylvan, as always, this is a blast. Michael, thank you so much for taking time and spending time with us. We do. We mention the book every episode, and I do think that anyone listening has already bought it, but if they haven't, go out and get it. It's just a wonderful study of a wonderful artist that I think you do a great job of the good and bad and the ugly. And and I think it it's a fair book, and I just think it's wonderful. And I enjoy anything you write. So thank you, my friend. I think that's it. the only thing left is
0: have a, a- little faith. <laughs> have it. a little faith. Have a little faith. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the
3: Cadillac and change the. On the it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.